Welcome to Elements of Community, a podcast about discovering and exploring the elements of community. I am Lucas Root, and each week we talk with a community leader about what makes their community thrive and bring value to both the leaders and the members. Join me as we unpack the magic of the elements of community. Welcome back. I am delighted that you're here to join me. We've been trying to get this scheduled for actually months, but just like you had, you just finished saying just before I press the record button, everything happens for a reason. It seems like my previous solo episode was the thing that needed to queue up this conversation. <laughs> I, I totally agree. It wouldn't, it couldn't have happened earlier. I believe everything happens when it's meant to. So this is our time. This is our time. Would you like to take a moment and tell our audience who you are and and why I am so in awe of you? (laughs) (laughs) Aw. Well, I don't know that part, but I can tell you who I am. So my name is Sandy Boucher. Mishko Pakanon Kwenindishnikas Mung Nodem. I'm Red Thunderbolt Woman of the Loon Clan and a proud member of Seine River First Nation in Treaty 3 territory in Northern Ontario, Canada. So I am an Indigenous person, a First Nations person. I believe in the U.S. it's still Indian is the term that we use. And I focus entirely on bringing people together, or more specifically, we call it Canadian reconciliation. So mm-hmm. looking at previous history, looking at what happened to the Indigenous people, it's not a pleasant story, owning that history and trying to figure out how to work together. So I'm an author, I'm a trainer, I'm a consultant, I'm a whatever you need to bring this country together kind of person. <laughs> so that's me. It. What's the name of your of your nation, your tribe? Seine River. So Seine River. Yeah. So we are Anishinaabe or Ojibwe would be the English term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. And do you have a name for a community that you're working with regularly? Is do you think of your go ahead? I work with so many different communities. And I think that's essential if you're going to kind of if you're going to do the kind of work that I do, you have to recognize that communities are different. That yeah. I see so many people that assume because they've been in one indigenous community, oh, I know what to do. It's like you are so about to land on your butt. That is not <laughs> the way to go. So I definitely belong to my First Nation community. I live in the city of Thunder Bay, so that's an entirely different community. I'm a huge part of the indigenous community inside Mm -hmm. the city of Thunder Bay, which is completely different from the mainstream city population. Yeah, I'm I'm a mom. I'm a grandma. (laughs) I belong to a lot of different communities. That's amazing. As do we all. Well. We, we can hope to, at least. We should hope to, yes. at least. Yes. Is there one particular community that you'd like to talk about more today? 
You know what? Honestly, do you mind if I tell you a story? I just want I know, to please. Relay. I love stories. Well, this is, if anything, like I was sharing before we started, this really solidified community for me. So mm-hmm. I work with a lot of different communities across Canada, whether they're towns and cities, or whether they're a university community or whether they're an indigenous community, we call them first nation communities here. Mm -hmm. So I'm incredibly busy and traveling around all the place, but a week ago, two weeks ago, I had the chance to work with my community, my first nation community. And I don't get to do that often because I am traveling and working with so many people. So just a little bit of a backstory I have never lived in the community, like geographically in the community, but my eldest brother did for a Mm. long time. And he, this is when I was much younger and my kids were little and my eldest brother used to come visit all the time. And because he was the very outgoing gregarious type, he always had friends with him and Mm. they were usually community members. So I met all of these different people. And so did my kids. Years ago, probably six, seven years ago now, my eldest brother passed away. So that no longer happened. But when I was doing this seminar, so of course I'm there for work. I have a certain information that I'm going to share with people. But during Mm -hmm. the breaks, during the coffee breaks and at lunch, one by one, community members would come up to me. And these are people I knew through my eldest brother Mm -hmm. and like the elder was someone that was really had such a profound influence on my son. Just my son was blown away by this man. The first time he met him and my son was like 10 months old, but he could not get enough of this man. And one by one, they asked me how the kids were doing. The elder asked me to show pictures of my kids so that he could see them now as adults And the one comment that really just, wow, one of the community members asked me how they were doing, what they were doing. And he said, well, do me a favor. And I was like, okay, sure. And he said, well, make sure to tell them that we're thinking about them, that we never Mm -hmm. stopped thinking about them. We keep them in our prayers and I'm glad to hear they're doing okay. And I just went, wow. Because as a mom, to know that my children are thought of and cared about and that there's an entire community that refuses to forget them, Mm -hmm. I was like, that's community. It's not about how often you're there or how many people you know. It's that recognition that you're a member, no matter where you're standing, that you belong here. And I was just... It's like, yeah, that's, that's, and the laughter was loud. <laughs> like you are, when you're in your inner circle, it's not that polite laugh, right? It's like really loud. And there was some personal sharing that was, you know, brought tears to the eyes. It was just authentic yeah. and powerful and safe because we yeah. knew we were in community. So, mm. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for that story. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You you belong no matter where you stand. Exactly. 
It doesn't matter if you've been here last week or six years ago, you belong here. You're accepted here, right? So, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that, that hit home. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That that That's exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about community. That you, you feel safe, yeah. you feel powerful, you can share anything, you can be 100% transparent. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where so many people go off the rails mm -hmm. because they think community is anyone who lives close by. And we all know that that may include people that you don't feel safe with. That may be people that sit in judgment of you. That may be people that go as far as condemning you. There is no sense of safety or acceptance in that geographic community. But when you're in true community, it's the space to be you. That's all that's expected. Just be you. Don't like, my mom would be the first to like, who exactly are you trying to be today? Right? Like, you don't do that. You don't say that, right? And my mom in her wonderful blunt self <laughs> would definitely have said something like that. So it's just so freeing and refreshing like you can just you end up taking that deep breath without even mm. planning to yeah so i tell people and and i'm glad home. you brought this up i right? i say so. it regularly village and okay. community are not the same thing yeah and they never have been the same thing but technology has given us an opportunity to see that 100%. from a whole new perspective of clarity because all of a sudden we can travel you know you and i are having a conversation face to face a thousand miles apart <laughs> yeah and you know what i just just popped into my head as you said that like can we just send this out to all the politicians we know in our respective countries because how often i don't know about you but i'd be willing to bet you have the same experience where we hear leadership that type of leadership They're talking about the village talking about wanting to bring the community together and they're talking about the village the communities are together right so maybe you need to focus less on that mm. and focus oh, yeah. on identifying <laughs> and respecting and recognizing yep. the communities within your village right right so because it's Otherwise, it would be so fake, and that's what happens. We've all been to those meetings where all the different communities show up, and we're going to pretend that we're, like, supportive and <laughs> totally agree with you. And it's like, that is totally not what I think. <laughs> but this forum requires mm. this Amazing. facade, yes. this fake I completely community. agree. All it it, is, it is grates village. my... It, you know, like the sound on of, of fingernails on chalkboard, like it grates my nerves when I hear a politician say the word community. Like I get a twitch. I'm like, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the other thing, I'm trying to remember your five points, but in my experience, a community is self-sustaining. The community takes care of itself and takes care of its own. 
So if communities were supported, we would see a lot, a lot Ooh. less challenges Ooh. than trying to What a powerful statement that is. Wow. Village yep. that doesn't bring together, people together in the first place. Right? Right? And, and I deal with this mm -hmm. on a regular basis in my work because I'm a huge advocate for Indigenous people working with and supporting Indigenous people. We've had a traumatic past. A lot of healing is required, but I am adamant that realizing you have the mm. ability to heal and that you're empowered enough to be able to do that is just as important as the actual healing. There is no empowerment when someone else saves you, right? Because then you still feel weak. But when you're the one that grabbed That's onto powerful. something and pulled yourself back up and realized, yeah. wait a minute, I can stand yeah, again. Yeah, we don't. We don't the powerful and that's what you do within community right so don't bring your community to my door right exactly but don't assume our community needs you to rescue us we we may need some supports but you look after your community and make sure it's healthy we'll do that for hours and it's just as important that we do that but yeah i just think some communities are challenged. They have hardships. That doesn't mean they're not capable of healing. And I think that's the mistake way too many make. The, the communities that are in a better place think they have to save the others. And it's like, no, just give us time mm -hmm. and space to do what we need to do. Yeah. We know what we need. Thank you. Just, just time and space. Give us time and space. It's it's true at the individual so. level too. As long as there are no barriers yeah. to healing as an individual, we'll figure it out. Okay. We'll we'll yeah. we'll we'll move forward. Sometimes I need help removing a barrier to healing, like something that's stopping me from being able to move forward. Okay, so you had a question. <laughs> yeah, and it's because, and it's one of the things I love about this conversation is that we are coming at the idea of community from two entirely different directions. Like my cultural lens is incredibly different from yours, being mm -hmm. raised in my culture and my teachings, but we're ending mm -hmm. up in the same place. So that's why I find it so, so exciting cool. and why, why I wanna ask questions like, does this happen for you too? And what? So yeah, the question is, in our communities, responsibility is huge. So the line we use is with the gift comes responsibility. Mm -hmm. So if you are blessed to be a member of a community, you have a role and a responsibility to play. Whereas when I look at the news in either one of our countries, to be fair, mm -hmm. I see a lot of individualism. Right. Mm -hmm. And and it's just about what I need. And we're all about the social contract. It's like, no, your needs get taken care of as part of the community, but you have to do your part. So I was wondering how big responsibility plays in your definition of community. Huge. I love it. Thank you for okay. that question. It's huge. I had a I had an amazing so once a month, I, I, I host a group of people 
online, open, open, open forum, open conversation to talk about community. It's, it's once a month, every month. Nice. Last month, the conversation was focused on the definition. And I, I shared this in my podcast as well. Last month, the, the conversation was focused on the definition of adulthood. What does it mean to be an adult? And one of the really cool questions that I, that I made sure that I got to during that conversation was, how does being an adult through the lens of community prove that both the individual and the community must be supported together and uniquely? And, and the conversation around that was amazing. And, and here's where I took it up a notch. Like I, I really, I, I went for the groin, so to speak. <laughs> we, we spent about 10 minutes on that. It was beautiful. And at the end of that, I said, now look at, you know, communism, the worldwide, which to, to those of us here in, in the U.S., communism is like the, the evil other. And, and look at our perception of communism and tell me what is missing in communism and of course, I was leading that question, right? Tell me what is missing in communism that takes it away from community because that thing is missing. And, and it was a beautiful conversation. And the agreement in that conversation was that the, the support of the individual is the thing that takes it away from community. And communism becomes not community because there's no support at the individual level. And nice. as you pointed out beautifully in this conversation, supporting the individual is not empowering. And so the support for the individual has to come from that individual first. So I must first support myself. And acceptance is huge. And that's something that I'm going to be speaking on in the next little while and realizing that, so I'm going to go back to my teachings again. So we believe that everything happens for a reason. And that if you are born into a community, it's not that you need that community. The community needs you. Mm. That creator sent you because you carry a teaching, a perspective, a desire, whatever the case may be, that that community needs to grow. Mm. But if you're in an environment that wants to fit you into the box and you must behave this certain way and speak this certain way and dress this certain way, then why you were sent is lost. It mm -hmm. is right. So it is so imperative that we stop asking, why are you that way? And start asking, why did I need to meet you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? So that's where the individual fits into our community. The, the metaphor I use is the puzzle. And I'm one of those a thousand piece puzzles that I'm so not into, but I use the metaphor and I ask my audiences, have you ever put a puzzle together and you get to the end and there's two pieces missing and you just want to like rip your hair out we are all one of those puzzle pieces. And if we're not allowed, if we don't use our voice, if we're not able to share our perspective, if we're not able to add our dialogue into the community dialogue, then that puzzle's not complete. Oh, so that's what a powerful why, metaphor. 
right? So that's why it's not about control. It's not about ego. It's Mm -hmm. about recognizing you are all that in a bag of chips, but so am I. (laughs) And so am I. (laughs) And the challenge is to figure out why. Yeah. So. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you. I I read a I read a paper that was published just recently that suggests that the weeds that grow in your field are the weeds that that field needs to be growing in order for it to balance out the nutrients that it needs to have for the next stage of growth. Yeah, in the same way up here <laughs> to the chagrin of our city council, <laughs> the leaves that fall in the autumn is the blanket that protects the earth when the soil comes. We're not supposed to remove it and make the lawn look pretty. No, we're not. Why? So that you have to add fertilizer and all that stuff in the spring. Why didn't you just leave the leaves there? It would have done it. It is (laughs) self-sustaining like our communities. Yep. But when you take the leaves away, now you have to put fertilizer in. Because ego got into it. Because, because ego got into it. Right? And and that's it. Like I, humility is a huge part of our teachings. Mm-hmm. And I just believe until a human being figures out and has the ability to design something as intricate and interconnected as either the planet or our body's systems, shut up. because you don't know as much as mother earth or creator or whatever because we're nowhere close to the knowledge they have the example we use looking at the wildlife they're not destroying their environment they know they need the environment to live we are the only creatures that are so egotistical that we're going to do that yeah and we will be our own demise Why? Because of ego. It's amazing. One of my favorite stories is the story of Yellowstone National Park. I don't know if it's one that's told up there. We, we, in, in all of our infinite wisdom, we, U.S. people, we, we hunted the wolves in the United States to near extinction. And Yellowstone National Park, which is this big, beautiful, gorgeous park, started falling apart. And nobody really understood why. And then we reintroduced wolves to Yellowstone and all of a sudden it flourished, it bloomed, it became beautiful. It turns out (laughs) they they do a pretty good job taking care of their home. Right? That we we are the only creatures that don't understand we're a puzzle piece. The deer, the squirrels, the, the birds, they all know they fit into this huge dynamic the and they do their part, right? And we, we're, we're better than that. It's like, we're better I, than we that. have, we have a lot of, we have a lot of deer here and I hear people complaining all the time. Well, the deer are eating my garden. It's like, you realize you actually put a garden in their territory, right? Like, yeah. can you say buffet? <laughs> <laughs> of course they're going to eat it. It's like, how nice of these humans. Look at all the things they grew for me, right? Like they were here first. So, and we used to live in partnership with them. So community, mm-hmm. and we don't anymore. We chose to leave and we're paying the consequence. 
Yeah, and we don't necessarily understand that we're paying the consequence. Yeah. We're confused. Well, I think, yeah, I think the people that want to do, yeah. I mean, there's a there's some chosen ignorance going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to look at that. I'm just going to stay clear of that. Like even, and this is totally from an outsider perspective, and I own that, but I see not only the rain in California, yeah. but then the drought in other mm-hmm. areas. And it's like, like we're sitting up here and of course, from an indigenous perspective, it's like, why are you using all that water to try to live in a desert? You realize it's a desert, right? <laughs> like, like, but trying to make it man-made rather than creator made. Mm-hmm. One of the big differences I see is non-indigenous people see undeveloped land. We see pristine land. Mm. sacred land that has not been touched by man, which means it's more sacred and more powerful. It's not undeveloped. There's nothing wrong with it. It's actually more valuable. So that's a huge cultural difference, different perspectives. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that. (laughs) Yeah, that. So I'm curious. Remind me, what are the five? I'm putting you on on the spot here. I am delighted to be on that spot. Okay. Um, Unique common language. And that's yes, 100%. that's that, that deep, smooth language that you develop through the years and trials and tribulations and challenges and drama and successes inside the community. So yep. unique common language is number one. Purpose, number two. I don't think I need to explain that. I think people understand what purpose means pretty well. Yep. Projects, number three. So we actually have to get together. We have to sweat together. We have to do things together in order to be a community. Value is number four. And that's not the alternate word for morals that people are using because they're afraid to talk about their own morals. But rather, that is the value that you give to the community and receive from the community for being a member. And that could be hugs, that could be a cup of sugar from time to time. Um, you know, value comes in different forms and looks different to different people. And then the fifth is the thing I'm calling common heart, because in English, we don't have a good word for it. I'll bet you do. I've, I've also studied other languages to find a word for this. My favorite is the Greek word, ilotimo. Um, and that describes this, this sense of sharing care. So I care about you because we're in community okay. together. And I accept the care that you have for me. When we do work together, I do the work that I do with pride and honor. Even if it's not necessarily work that I'm great at, I still always do the best that I can. Because you are you, I care about you, and you are the recipient of that work. Interesting. Yep. Okay. So that I'm calling common heart because we in English don't have a word for it. And, and, and of course, there is a commentary there that we don't have a word for something that is so important. There's a, there's yeah. a story there. There's something to talk about there. Because it's not yet seen as so important. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One 100%. of the things. I, I like to look at this. Def- uh, One we'll, of the we'll, things... we'll go down that road, but first, <laughs> yeah. um, there's a, there's a tribe in Africa that has 200 different words for cow. Yeah. We make, we make 
words for the things that are important to us. How many different words do we have in English for, for our genitalia? Many, many, many. We make words for things that are important to us by comparison. This thing, this fifth element of community that I'm calling common heart, we don't have a word for it because as you perfectly stated, we haven't yet seen that it's important. Yeah. And in, in the Ojibwe language, it's a very practical language. So for example, having a word for river would make zero sense to us because who cares? Mm. But there is a word for a river flowing towards you and mm -hmm. a word for a river flowing away from you because that's what you need to know if you want to get over there and you're going to use the river to get there. You need oh, to cool. know, are you yes. fighting a current or going with it, right? So it's very descriptive. We didn't just assign names. It's practical. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's really cool. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and for me, when I saw values, I, I interpreted it as shared values. For example, we consider ourselves the stewards of Mother Earth. We treat the Earth in this as our mother. So you take care of your elderly mother and she gives you what you need. It's reciprocal. Mm -hmm. So that is a deep truth for us, a value. That's not going to be questioned by anyone. That's just a given. And that takes precedent over anything else. If if it's going to harm the water, the air, or the earth, we take issue because we understand we need those things to survive. Again, it's mm -hmm. like, why do you want to destroy what for money? Like, okay, they they common. Can you eat money? Right. So, I mean, yeah, you could put it in your mouth. <laughs> you yeah, can chew. It's not gonna not sure if you want you to. Very long. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah, but yeah, just. That's, and that's one of the things, I think that's how people would know they're in community. Like one of the things I love the most about being in an indigenous community, as opposed to mainstream, there's certain things I just don't have to explain. Mm -hmm. The fact that it's exhausting to live in a non-indigenous world as an indigenous person, they get it. I don't mm. need to say it. They know. They welcome mm -hmm. me home and give me hugs because they know she probably needs them. The fuel is low. Let's let's welcome her so she can ramp back up again. And I love that. That just, oh, I don't have to explain the joke. You get the joke, right? So, yeah, it's just, it's that sigh, like I said, that involuntary sigh that just signals your home. Your home. So, That's right. Yeah. 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 Amazing. People always think about from a community perspective, and there's a good reason for this. And psychologically speaking, there's there's a pathway to understanding this. People think about protection inside the community. And and there's a conversation to be had there. But but I'd like to step beyond protection because I think that it's the other things that come after you get that taken care of that really yeah. start to get interesting. I've started referring to community in my close friends as a force multiplier. 
Okay. As a force nice. multiplier. So the nice. whatever it is that you're focused on in the community, each person can only do so much, but together we can do so much more. We are actually greater than the sum of our parts when we mm-hmm. choose to pursue that purpose. We're a force multiplier. What are the things inside your community that you force multiply? What are the things that you explode outward with because of the fact that you guys are focused on this thing and you can really turn it into power? Oh, my laugh. I mentioned that earlier. Yes. I have a deep, loud laugh. It is yes. not subtle. My entire adult life, I've had people like, what <laughs> What was that? <laughs> in the community, that's never, they're going to join in. No mm-hmm. one would ever comment. If so I music. wanted to share, yeah, it's, it's. Your laughter is actually music. They join in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's. It's an invitation. We recognize authenticity. Mm-hmm. And and that resonates with us. So if in the same way, if I suddenly feel the need to share a story that is going to bring me to tears, no one's interrupting. They're probably just going to form a circle to sit by me and hold space for me. When I'm done, they might pass me Kleenex. They're not going to do it while I'm talking because that tends to shut down the sharing. Yeah. But it's just she needed to share this now. Mm. Uh, it's just, like I said, that, so you, you just said, you just said that your community is a force multiplier for authenticity. 100%. Oh my God. That's so cool. (laughs) 100%. Which is why we don't build bridges easily or lightly. Yeah. Because authenticity is really not commonplace. I want more of that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And and I know you agree with this. When you run into someone, meet someone who's 100% authentic, you gravitate to them. It's like, oh, I need more of this. Like, what, what, what is this? Right? And if we you're recognize secure. that. I don't know if it's even based on security. I think you are hoping to become more secure, which is why you're attracted to it. Mm. Right? I'm not saying you're capable of doing it, but Mm -hmm. it fascinates you. Like Mm -hmm. how, like I run into people all the time. I like that. Yeah. Right. I run into people all the time, young women specifically, that will come up to me and say, how in the world do you do that? (laughs) And it's like, okay, first explain to me what I'm doing. And it's, how are you so confident? How do you just speak your truth? How do you, you're non-apologetic. You're just going to say it. And it's like, honey, 58 years of a journey. Mm. That's how, right? Having to try to breathe in that box that wasn't big enough for me. Mm-hmm. that's how, like, I, do, I don't even get anywhere near a box now. Right? It's like, no, I need space. I need room. But yeah. So. That's yeah, amazing. I think, mm, I think what a beautiful every reframe. aspect. Huh, thank you. I think every aspect of who I am is magnified by the community. Mm-hmm. Whatever the community is, whether it's my immediate family, me and my children, the mm-hmm. indigenous community here, or my First Nation community. Yeah. There are just those givens. This is where Sandy can be Sandy. 
Right. And then we've all experienced it. You walk in the door of a new place for the first time, you're hesitant. You don't speak as loud as maybe you normally would. You don't speak as much because you're trying to determine the safety and comfort level of this new environment. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. So I'm not, I'm not showing all my cards till I know you're going to, or that I would be safe doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm going, I'm definitely not staying there if I can't share all my cards. That's just the advantage of being at the elder stage. It's like I, it, the price is too high now. Yeah. I, every now and then I have someone who wants to hire me for a, jo- a position with their company. It's like, get away from me. <laughs> right? You know, I'd have to play by your rules, show up when you want me to say what you want me to. I passed that two decades ago. There is no way I'm giving up this freedom now. Like I would get fired so fast. Let's get real here. (laughs) I'm going to say one thing and you're going to go, you're out of here. Right. So let's just save the time in between. Yeah. Amazing. I'm going to, I'm going to call attention back to the the rephrase because, because damn, that was amazing. We gravitate to authenticity. Mm -hmm. um, Not because we are secure, but because we want we want that. We want more of it. And it is being secure that allows authenticity. That's so cool. That was, that, that was amazing. I think it might be reciprocal. Because oh, yeah. like for in my instance. So you're like, in my a, case, I'm a little more secure so I can be a little more authentic. I'm a little bit more secure, so right? I can be a little bit more authentic. And it goes hand in hand yeah. with confidence, right? Like what happened in my life, at some points, people just started saying like, holy moly, how are you so confident? And I remember thinking, when did that happen exactly? Because mm. I don't remember taking the test and getting an A. Like <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> and it's that's why I said I think it's reciprocal that you try something and you don't get pushed off the ledge. So it's like, okay, I'm a little more secure. I can be a little more authentic. Okay. That worked. I'm more secure. Right. And I think it goes hand in hand. It's not one or the other. And like when I, I mentor a lot of women and it's like, if you're not feeling confident and first thing you got to do is look at how you're treating yourself. If you treat yourself as someone of value, you're going to start acting like someone of value. Mm-hmm. So long before you feel it, start doing it. Make a conscious effort to do it. Yep. Right? And and then it'll slowly build. So yep. it definitely wasn't just born like this. Well, actually, that's not true. You'll love this, speaking about community. Mm-hmm. I was lo- raised in a beautiful, loving, caring, supportive home that just you walk on water, (laughs) right? And for the first 17 years of my life, I thrived. Like some competition, I'm going to enter. And like I won awards and straight A's in school. There was nothing because I was in this environment that fed everything I wanted to do. My Mm -hmm. dad literally thought I walked on water. When I was 17, my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. And suddenly that thriving community didn't exist anymore. Oh. And it's only in the last maybe five, 10 years that I've realized like, wow, I'm finally who she was. 
or who she oh. was supposed to be, right? Like I'm finally back to being that confident. I'm just going to try it that I was at 17, but I went off the rails for the longest time. Mm. So, And I, I, I don't know if I'm speaking out of place here and I'm sorry for your father's death. Maybe you going through that, that experience of thriving and then losing that support has has built the approach that you have now to rolling out community and the power that community can be because it, well, it, it opened your eyes. Well, and you pointed it out earlier, the sum of the parts, mm-hmm. right? I was still capable of the things I was capable of, but I did no longer had the soil to grow in. You the were missing sunlight some puzzle, I needed, puzzle pieces. the rain, 100%. And then when I again consciously, because I went into a real dangerous place for a while. And then when I consciously decided, okay, that box doesn't work anymore. I'm going <laughs> to add in supportive people, encouraging people, people I want to emulate, authentic people. And when I started building the garden, I started to grow again. Mm-hmm. So. What a journey. Wow. Yeah. Which is why I have no judgment and can so relate to someone on a bad path or lost. It's like, oh, I've been there, done that. But yeah. guess what? You have the power to change that. Not You don't need to meet somebody or wait for someone else to do it. It's actually inside you. And inside I can show you. you how to do that because I did that. Mm-hmm. So We're there. This, is, this has been a beautiful conversation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask this quick question. And then, I, so I always close every episode with three questions, but before I even get to those, were there barriers to healing that you had to remove in order for you to realize you needed to build the garden so you could grow? 110%. Mm. <laughs> That's an easy yes. Yes. <laughs> and even as far as ways that I thought would help me heal that weren't at mm. all. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. Guess what? Seeking your validation in other people, bad idea. Nope. Yep. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. My three questions. I end every episode with these three questions. The first one, where can people find you? Oh, People that's who have easy. been Sa- excited. <laughs> sandyboucher.com. So if you throw that into Facebook, you're going to find my business page. You throw it into YouTube, you're going to find my videos. You throw it into LinkedIn, you'll find my professional page. I'm over on Instagram, literally everything tied to my name. So Yep. Awesome. And it'll be in the show notes. Second question. One of my favorite questions in every episode is this one right here. Okay. Um, is there a question that you wish I had asked, but did not? No, because I'm not about control. It's exactly what it was meant to be. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Amazing. Thank you. That's exactly right. It's 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 exactly what it was meant to be. Third question. Can you in in one sentence, can you sum up the conversation we just had? An appreciation of community. Hmm. Yeah, two lenses coming together. 
And and I think it we really highlighted the universality of community, that it doesn't matter what your background is or whatever, in community you will thrive. So That's find right. Your it's community. a human thing. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Awesome. Awesome. Take care. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on Elements of Community. Make sure to visit our website, elementsofcommunity.us, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.